Flying Bull Productions presents Laugh, Literature, and Film. All right, so this is the good stuff. Yep. And the Laugh Podcast is the good stuff. This is episode 196. Over there is Mr. Ryan Bull. Howdy. And I'm Richard Lusk, and we do this movie podcast here, and we're going to do the, sh- the movie Bleed for this. We are going to start the weigh-in. Ash, answer the phone! Hello. Where's he at? Just hold him off. Tell him I'm coming. He's on the bicycle. No, dummy, is wait. What weight's he at? Where you at, Vinny? I'm coming! He's coming. Everybody! Got a little surprise for you. 140 pounds even. Tomorrow night, you're gone. I'm gonna rain on you like a thunderstorm. We're gonna review this movie starring Miles Teller and Aaron Eckert. It's a boxing comeback movie. I would argue that you, you almost can't have one without the other. A boxing movie without Aaron Eckhart? No, a boxing movie without a comeback. So uh, we'll get back to that in a minute, but uh, I was going to posit that as a question. Like, are there are there boxing movies where there are, where there where it isn't based on a comeback? That's a sub sub theme. I guess. Uh, well, hold on to that thought. Let me introduce the movie. So this is about local Providence boxer Vinny the Pasmanian Devil Pazienza, who shoots to stardom after winning a couple world titles. Uh, and then he falls out of favor, I think, with uh, his manager, played uh, Lou Duva in the movie. Uh, and um, the Duva brothers, who are like boxing royalty, and they call him out for poor training habits and things like that. And he winds up um, sort of in a bad situation. He hooks up with a trainer, Kevin Rooney, played by Eric, the aforementioned Aaron Eckert. Who had fallen out of favor with the Duvas as well. So the the both of these guys who come from hard scrapple beginnings work their way back into championship form, and he wins a fight, and then he suffers a severe uh, problem with a broken neck. I think he wins a title fight. Am I following this right? Yeah. He seemed to be giving me odd looks, like I'm not telling the plot. No, no, no. I, I, I was wondering. I. I was a little too young at the time when all these real life events were going on to follow them. And I, I don't know all the background. Like I know, uh, Aaron Eckhart's character, Kevin Rooney trained Mike Tyson for a while. And then Tyson went and got managed by Don King mm-hmm. and kind of dropped, uh, Kevin Rooney. And I wonder if that's where some of the bad blood is. Like I I just, I don't know my boxing history too well. Well, Rooney early nineties, late eighties. Yeah. Rooney had a, uh, um, DUI, and he uh, he he struggled with drinking for a lot of his career, and so his uh, drinking w- is what sort of led to his downfall and fallout with the Duvas. But he's the guy that invented the numbering system for oh punching, bo- yeah, punching. Really, I'm pretty sure it's him. I know that that that's he he taught that um form of fighting to Tyson. And then they, they had it in the movie a little bit, but they didn't talk about it that much. Yeah, you see the dagger. I thought that had been around in boxing forever. I'm pretty Give sure. Him the old one, too. The jab and the straight. No, I I think that he he came up with a system where he would call out those combinations from... But, I mean, I might be wrong about that. <laughs> um, I, I That's one of my favorite 
parts about watching boxing or MMA when you hear the trainer going, give him the one-two. And then the boxer does it, and it hits. If I'm the opponent, I'm listening. All right, he's coming in with the jab, and then he's going to <laughs> it's like, yeah. you know, throw the right hand right down the pipe. I'm ready for it. That's right. It's like a quarterback giving an audible saying, we're going to run the out here, a five-yard out yeah, to the uh, left hash mark. Boss Rutten was famous for that. Like, he would actually listen to the other corner, and he'd be ready for it. Mm-hmm. All right, get ready to do a body blow, and the guy would load up, get the hand nice and low for the body blow, and Boss would head kick him. Well, Pazienza, as a fighter, was a really just a wild kind of crazy guy. Like, in this in the movie... As presented by Miles Teller, I think he kind of nails that character, um, just in terms of just wildness and wild behavior, and and uh, just uh, go for it all. And he mm-hmm. was always on the undercard of a lot of big fights. We used to get pay per view in the eighties, all through the eighties, and I remember seeing this fight. I, I remember Lou Duva attacking Roger Mayweather, which is one of the opening fights. Mm-hmm. I think it's the opening fight for this movie, um, and and Pazienza getting knocked down, but he'd already lost a few fights. Leading up to that. And so Duva, as displayed in the movie, sort of calls him out and says it's time for him to retire. This was after about 25 bouts, maybe, Mm -hmm. of his entire professional career. Uh, And then, you know, the events in the movie happen. He actually fights like uh, 30 more fights after that. So the Duvas, who I mentioned are boxing royalty, don't really seem to come off well in this movie, and I think that there might have been some bad blood that existed. I know Pazienza was really involved in the making of this movie. Yeah, I mean, but then when you think about, wait, they told a guy who had lost three straight fights by knockout, maybe you're done. You know, maybe you should transition to another part of your life. It doesn't seem like that evil of a thing. Right. <laughs> to say, you know, we're worried about you, you're, you're taking an awful beating. Yeah, but I think... mm. And then, like, I know, and they kind of gloss over the fact he wasn't hospitalized for the first fight. He was hospitalized because he was so severely dehydrated. Yeah, they mention that in dialogue. Yeah, but, like, he almost died from dehydration because even though, you know, the weigh-ins the day before, it still takes your brain, like, 72 hours to rehydrate. Right. He had cut so much water. But he was doing that a lot, and that's sort of what led him... To or Aaron Eckhart's character Kevin Rooney, anyway, say, "Why don't you just fight up a couple of weight classes?" Mm-hmm. But he actually skipped two weight classes, which is not—I uh, mean, that's something that doesn't usually happen in boxing. Yeah, that's a good fifteen pounds. But when you're talking about the lightweight that he, where he was, where he was originally fighting, now those guys throw the leather around, man. So for Teller, who's probably like six one, I don't know, maybe easily six foot. The real Vinny Pazienza is only like five seven. Mm-hmm. And they, they, he seems to be like a six one fighter. So he'd be normally he'd be fighting like light heavyweight or something like that, or maybe like a middleweight or something. Or uh, you know, Pazienza on the other hand is just this little guy just throwing leather around. So I, mean, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's, it was difficult, I think, for Pazienza to adopt the fighting style. That I'm sorry, Miles Teller to adopt the fighting style of Pazienza and kind of pull it off as a boxer. Fighting at those low lower weights. Yeah, I don't think they did a whole lot to establish a real good fighting style. The the boxing scenes don't focus as much on like the technique and everything. It's not like a creed, right? Uh, where I think the boxing in that was really tight, and you could see distinct styles going on there. Well, it's gonna it's gonna be this is that's what you're gonna compare it to you're gonna pa- yeah. compare this to Creed or other movies that have come out recently. There was another movie 
um, Hands of Stone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think either. I, I haven't grown up with that. Hands of Stone. Yeah, that stars Roberto Duran, who's also makes an appearance in this movie. And I was kind of hoping that the actor that played him in Hands of Stone would have been played in this movie too, <laughs> like a crossover kind of thing. Was it Edgar Ramirez? I mm-hmm. think is his name. Yeah, that would have been pretty cool. But uh, he fights a lot of the big name light heavyweight or lightweight fighters, welterweight fighters from the time. I think it's even below welterweight. It's like super lightweight or something like that. There's so many weird weight classes. But um, yeah, I'm not good with it. And the weight classes have different names than in MMA. So and they've changed from the 80s too. Um, but some of the names of the people he fought were like uh, Victor Macho Camacho. Mm. You might remember him. Yeah, he was always had the hands straight down, like just daring yeah. you to hit him. And yeah, but it was fun watching those guys because they didn't care, and that's the character that's in this movie. Uh, Miles Teller is playing the guy that just doesn't care, and he's like, "All right, I'm just going to go out there and just lay it all out there." Arturo Gotti was another kind of fighter like that. Bobby Chaz. A lot of these guys were in uh, Duva's sort of, um, I don't know, cabal or or his posse or whatever. Mm-hmm. I know we're not supposed to use that word anymore, posse. <laughs> but uh that fighting style is an intriguing sort of style to replicate on film. And like you said, I, I'm not sure that they, they really pulled it off. I think a big part of the problem though was the editing. Uh-huh. Well I, I well I also think the editing's trying to cover up the production budget was only six million. Oh that Which, is pretty low. Yeah. So that's not a whole lot and you know so you're trying to fit in there are three fights in the film and, you know, just the set dressing alone for three mm-hmm. different fights to make it look like you're at different locations, different time period. That's very expensive. And filming boxing scenes takes a lot of time. So, you know, maybe they were on a rush production schedule and you just had to kind of cut around some of the mistakes. I don't know. Um, but you mentioned the movie Creed earlier. Those had, That movie had three fights. And each one of them had a distinctive mm-hmm. difference in terms of the way that they were set up and shot and the technical aspects of the filming of that. And they and they all seemed to flow together well, even though they were shot differently. Um, this movie, they all had the same, pretty much the same pattern, the same sort of editing. There was one unique thing they did at the end of the film with sound that I thought was effective, but it was the only thing that was uh, in, in terms of production values external to the story that seemed sort of compelling to me there were a couple of times that like in the training montage the obligatory training montages they did some stuff with music Mm -hmm. and i thought that was good but then the stuff they did with sound in the last fight i think kind of worked yeah i mean i think they were doing what they could i mean with the budget i mean and i don't think it feels like a six million dollar movie i i thought it would be 15 to 20 million so i was a little surprised when i saw the that budget number being as low as it was i tell you what i was surprised by the fact that you went to see it because you were kind of down on it well i went for the show i took one for the team (laughs) yeah but i think you're setting me up for something later you're gonna make me go see beauty and the beast or something because you're gonna claim later on that i forced you to go see fleet for this (laughs) (laughs) no i I mean it's, it's fine i i went um I think my other problem, though, is just I don't find Miles Teller to be a great leading man. I think he's fine when he's second or third build in a film and he can fill a supporting role well. But uh, unfortunately, I don't think he can carry a movie. Even probably your favorite movie of his is Whiplash. 
I would argue J.K. Simmons does a lot of the heavy lifting in that film. I was going to say that has a lot of similarities to this movie because Aaron Eckhart's performance could earn him a nomination. I think his performance in this movie, playing against Miles Teller, was better than his performance in Selby. <clears throat> playing against Tom Hanks. And I think you could have made the argument that he deserved a nomination for that movie for supporting actor, because the most compelling parts of this movie are when Aaron Eckhart and Miles Teller are together. Mm-hmm. And I wish they had focused more on that. Even that could have been an intriguing story. Instead, they tried to make it a paint by numbers sort of boxing movie. And I don't necessarily agree with you about Miles Teller as a leading man, because I mean, I still think he's trying to find his his uh, center. I think he can get there. So I kind of I, I don't know. I'm, I I am interested to see him in more things later on. Uh, I don't I don't think that this this is a big egg that he's laid. So it's not it's not. This is his best movie since Fantastic Four. <laughs> That's not saying much, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, that awkward moment and uh, the Divergent movies. Well, the Int movies, none of those were great. But yeah. that's not his fault. No, no, no. <clears throat> I, I don't think he's a bad actor necessarily. I just don't think he has the quality to be in every single scene of a movie. Yeah, that's a true, big ask. How many actors have, have that? The stars do. Yeah. There, there are very few. That your Brad that. Pitt, your Tom Hanks. Yeah, they. Brad. they they can carry it, and, yeah. and, and it's hard. I, th- I still think they need something to play against. I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure if he's going to be up on the top with the Leonardo DiCaprio's and the Tom Hanks's, but he might be the kind of guy that falls into character work later. I don't know if he needs to be an, a leading man. I, I This movie was set up for him to be a big character. Vinny Pazienza is an interesting guy. But his story is compelling also, and I don't think that they played up enough of the compelling parts of the story. I don't even know if we've mentioned it. He breaks his neck in a hideous car accident. You said that. I did? Yeah, and that's where it's weird. The movie's called Bleed for This. There's not a whole lot of blood. I think he says it at the very end of the movie, right? Yeah, but... Is that a spoiler? uh, A dialogue spoiler? I I think it's an awkward title. Yeah. And it just... The whole movie's just... It's a little awkward. Yeah, it's like a... It's a paint-by-numbers movie, but they kind of skip a few numbers. Yeah. And they're all odd numbers. <laughs> so they go like 1, 3, 9, 13. <laughs> they're skipping all around. And they don't really put it all together. But the parts that are good are almost good enough for me to recommend it. And I don't know if I... But I don't know if I can, because it, it made me angry at times. I'll tell you, there were... All right, so I... I <laughs> Boxing movies are inherently sports movies, right? Mm-hmm. So you kind of have to judge it on on terms of, of that kind of genre on as a sports movie or as a boxing movie. But they also have to be boxing movies. I think have to have that secondary element of being a comeback movie, and that's where the paint by numbers come in, right? So do you can you think of a bigger thing to come back from than a broken neck? No, I, I think that's a pretty good comeback i disagree that all boxing movies are comeback i don't know if all of them are but yeah, those are the numbers though that they pretty much follow yeah i mean a, a lot do your cinderella man rocky two through five <laughs> yeah. or I'm, I'm sorry five isn't a comeback movie tommy tommy gunn just just killing everyone knocking them all out okay he, but he, then he gets 
Rocky Gism has come up. It's, but it's also the lesser of the of the Rocky scenario. Yeah, yeah. Bill Simmons refuses to acknowledge it as a Rocky film. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. He's right about that. So, um, no, it's a coming back from a broken neck is interesting, and and I've seen the pictures and the video of the real life fighter, you know, training with the halo on, and those scenes with Miles Teller are good. Getting the halo removed is pretty solid. Yeah, there. Yeah, uh, that's in the trailer too. The sad thing, mm-hmm. like so that that didn't, you know, you, you knew to expect it. Yeah, it's a, and it's a shame. Because if they had left that out of the trailer, then I think you wouldn't have been, I don't know, drawn into it or felt it the same way. I, like, I, you, you could have a better or more empathy for the character, I suppose. Um, oh, what was I going to say about that? There was something else I had. Something about chambered. the Halo? Yeah, why didn't they put... Okay, this is just a, a simple thing. How about a few rubber catch-alls on the tips of those things? Because... He he kept busting his head against the car door frame or the weights that he was messing around with. He kept hitting that, and then that caused a lot of pain for him. But how about a few buffer you know, rubber stoppers or something? You know, why not that? So then you can just bounce your head off of stuff. Or I mean, it would protect you a little bit. I mean, there's a li- I can think of a little bit of uh, you know s- s- some insulation around it or something. Wrap some tape, just anything. <laughs> I get, like the metal on metal, that just... I, I agree. They should have made it easier for you to uh, do the bench press when you're wearing your halo. No, I mean, he was getting <laughs> in and out of a car, man. Come on. Or yeah. walking through a doorway. Yeah, you're not supposed to even be riding in a car except when absolutely necessary. You got to be setting this thing up so that he can at least be able to move around in his in his world. I, there was a like, kid, let me call a taxi and go to the strip club. There was go a kid in casino. my high school that had that for his entire senior year. He had to wear the halo. Oh, wow. Yeah, he broke his back and neck in a car accident. It was like a full halo that went all the way down to his uh, like to his waist. And it was tied into his waist. So they had these giant bars on both sides. I think Pazienza's was on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. But this kid had to wear, and he had to wear a shirt over the top of that. So <laughs> the shirt was all stretched out. It looked like a box, you know, surrounding him. Yep, his entire senior year. It's gotta be horrible. I, I remember, you know, how horrible it was to have night gear to wear or, or headgear to wear at night. Oh, why? Because you had braces. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Over, but oh, yeah. Had a retainer. That was horrible, and you could take that off in the morning. But this big old halo. Is that why you have such a ridiculous speech impediment? No, I had the speech impediment before. Did they try to fix it with the? No, no. no. There's a lot you had of crooked stuff. teeth. You had a lot of stuff going on with your mouth, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, all right. Yeah. Strangely enough, I don't have a big mouth. <laughs> Uh, the, I, those parts where he's training and those parts where he's in the, in the halo and he's trying to get around and move through his life. I thought that those were really cool. The stuff, the boxing stuff that surrounded it, the pretty much the boxing stuff in the mm-hmm. boxing movie were the weakest parts. And, uh, I don't know. I, I, I guess you, you're kind of along the same lines as I am. I don't think you can recommend yeah, the movie. Huh? Yeah. The problem is it, it wants to at times be a serious drama, but at times it tries to inject some humor in there. It's just not enough. There was only like one or two real good laughs in the film when he uh, leaves after getting the halo off. There's a look the doctor gives a nurse. It's a oh, pretty yeah, good yeah, laugh. Yeah, yeah. And I think there was one other time the audience I was with laughed pretty well. Well, I find that most of the movies I go to, I'm the only one laughing. But there wasn't a whole lot of it. I was thinking when I was watching it, uh, The Fighter, 
the mm-hmm. one with um, Batman. Mark and Wahlberg. And Mark Wahlberg. Christian Bale. <laughs> I don't yeah. think he's Batman. He's not playing Batman. Ba- Batman and Max Payne. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of humor in that and with the interactions with the family. And I thought this movie missed a chance to have some of that type of humor. I think it was Be- trying to swim in the same pool. Yeah, but it just it, it, it wasn't working. And I think the Pasmanian Devil has an interesting family. Right. And there were a lot of good moments for this interaction there. They sit around a kitchen table quite often and have mm-hmm. meals together. But we don't really get to spend much time with them at this meal or well, at any of or- these meals and, and really see these interactions going on. And I just think you could have gotten some interesting character moments well, now from you're, that. Now you're sort of asking it for, for it to be a longer movie. If uh, you wish it were a longer movie, or what would you take out? Like, could you take out all of the boxing and then only have those human family moments? No, I, I don't know if I need a training montage for every fight. Yeah, but they need that They need that training montage in there. They need to do the cool thing with the music and everything. All right. I don't think you needed the training montages... Like he had two, really. Yeah. So he had to get in shape for one, and then he had to come back from the other. So, uh, I, I didn't like his dad, the guy, the actor that played his dad, Sierran Hines. Mm-hmm. I think his name. He just didn't come off like. And then there's some stuff in the end that I kind of like to talk about in spoilers because they bothered me. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff about the plot that bothers me. The plot and the choices they make. All right, well, let's get into the spoilage then. The man that hath no music in himself, nor is not moved with concord of sweet sounds, is fit for treasons, stratagems, and spoils. I don't want to spoil the, the reason I don't like his dad is I don't know if it's because of the actor or the character, but the choice they make with him to melodramatically deny to be in the corner with him on his comeback fight. Uh, but instead he's going to sit in the front row, <laughs> the first row, and then go in and out of the corner. I thought that that was stupid and I doubt that it happened like that. I, I really, I think that that was an added on, it played like, or it felt like it was added on for dramatic purposes and it just did not work. What about the mother, Peg Bundy? Same thing. Finally watching one of his fights. Finally watching, and it's the last round of that last comeback fight. And it's the last fight in the movie. Well, and uh, they made it sound like he got beat up through the first seven rounds of a 12-round fight. Mm. But then somehow he comes out on top on the scorecards <laughs> Well, you can when get, there are only five rounds left. You can knock... I mean... Don't you get like tw- ten eight? You can get ten eight if you knock a guy down. Yeah, but with however the score went, it was all ten nine rounds. Oh, okay. I didn't count them. I, yeah. yeah, it was one fifteen, one fifteen on one of them, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. So huh. I was like, mm, that's not working out quite the way it should. Yeah, the Duvas might have been working their magic there. So I don't know. Uh, and was that the first or the second Durant fight? Because I know he fought Durant twice, and in fact, this was like his third or fourth fight. After his broken neck. In the movie, they have him go right into a title fight <laughs> after he broke his neck. And it's insane. It's just like, it not only does it stretch the limits of congruity, but it also sort of insults the audience. Well, when his first fight is in Vegas and it's for the title. All right. Makes sense. His next fight, he goes up to weight classes. It's also for the title, but it's being fought in Providence. Right. And I, I'm I, like, I honestly, it didn't wait, happen like that. How? It just <laughs> you should be in New York what? or Atlantic City or something. I think with that one though, the title was open, 
So it was a it was it was a I think it was an open belt. He he wasn't. They were both like the number one and number two contenders in that weight class or something. Yeah, just like that. A, that. But I think that there were some fights in between. It's just it's insulting. yeah. There were fights in between. I'm just like oh this this just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But yeah. And then with the random girlfriends, like he has one girlfriend for some of the movie, and then some. There's he has at least one more, possibly two more. But they all the one the girl breaks up with him because of the halo, because he has a ridiculous halo without insulation surrounding it. And then uh, somehow he he picks up another one, and like the next scene, he's got another girlfriend. Is that the laugh yeah. you were talking about? Oh yeah, with the Parmesan cheese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the other one. But there's also another one with the girlfriend where she's like. This is a keeper. Yeah, and that, I that's like it. that. Yeah, I, I thought there were a lot more laughs. Than I don't think the audience for. realized that that was a second girlfriend. Well, she said this one's a keeper, so she's got to. The, the one scene, or no, I'm sorry, the two scenes that bothered me. Uh, the father's at a like club, like a moose lodge type thing, yeah. playing cards. When he finds out his son has been in the accident, and then two scenes later, he's sitting in the hospital cafeteria with Aaron Eckhart drinking coffee after the accident. I swear that's the same room. <laughs> they just put the camera in one corner <laughs> and shot TV it around. so you could see the TV. And then they just moved it across yeah, to the other side. A little bit of set dressing. Tables look the same. I swear it's the same room. And, and because they had possible. those scenes so close together, I'm like, mm, I'm seeing the limits of your budget right now. There was another point where uh, his dad goes to Aaron Eckert because he's helping him train. He says, get out of my house. And he throws an F-bomb in there. Get the F out of my house. And Aaron Eckhart just leaves. He's back the very next day. Yeah. <laughs> There's no like final break with that guy. So uh, plus th- could could a boxer who's who's won multiple world titles p- possibly be living in a smaller house with his parents and his adult sister? I mean, I guess that's the way it's done in Providence. I have no idea. In the eighties, maybe they didn't make as much money. But there could not possibly be a smaller basement in on the east coast i don't think yes i couldn't believe that the size of that basement maybe it maybe it was the actual house that they lived in for all i know well then they switched gyms at one point and i didn't understand that yeah did aaron eckhart lose his gym well i think aaron eckhart moved he went to where eckhart was Mm -hmm. in new york or something and then Eckhart came with him to Providence. There's some stuff that's left off. Yeah, but I didn't understand. Why do we have to change gyms? And Yeah, I, I don't so. know. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. And there's like the stuff about his injury that bothered me too. They, they, they didn't explain very well what his choices were and why he chose to do this thing over that. I mean, I know it's obvious if he, he wouldn't be able to fight, but I'd like to know kind of why if he chose to go with the fusion option. I think but, it's because you have limited neck mobility. Yeah, I kind of get that, but I just wish they they would have set up those stakes a little bit more, a little bit better. It would have made for a more compelling film. I think. Plus, I, I think when you get the fusion, uh, one of the problems you get is a narrowing of the uh, spinal column, so you can suffer from spinal stenosis. Then, I know there have been a number of pro wrestlers who've gotten neck fusion surgery and hey, then had to retire. Easy afterwards. there, Doctor Bull. Thanks for. I wish they would have said that in the movie, though. Hmm. Sorry, I, I like all that stuff. Uh, let's see. Um, well, and then, but at the end, there's no coda. Uh, so I was going to ask you about that. The, the 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 fact that they didn't the decision not to go with a crawl, which is standard thing, and this is based on a true story. What do you think of that decision? Did that bother you? 
Yeah, I think they really didn't know how to end their film. It just kind of goes out on not a low note, but I'm just like, oh, okay, yep, you had to end it somewhere. I guess that works. Well, it's the interview thing. I, that I mean, I think they were going for something unique there. Oh, see, I feel like they went back and did that later because I swear, like Miles Teller's hair was all fake. Like it was a wig. Maybe, like maybe he'd that, gone yeah, on to a, another You're a little role. bit too OCD about it. I pay attention to this Did stuff. you not see... Because, the, oh, I'll tell you the other thing that bothered me with that scene. I swear they used a different camera. The the clarity of the scene. Mm. I, I don't think they were using the same camera setup that they'd been using for the rest of the film. And I looked for information on it. Couldn't find anything well, Yeah, but I mean, that would make sense because it's an interview. It's a televised interview. They also cut in a lot of the original footage, the real footage of that of that fighter. Mm-hmm. Now, what did you think? Did you stay through the credits? No. Oh well, they had the re- they talked to Vinny Pazienza. They talked to Aaron Eckert. They had his doctor on there explaining the the halo and how the halo fits on there. I don't know why that scene needs a teaser after the trail or after the credits. It it doesn't, and everybody else left. I was the only one in there, but oh, it's it's. It was interesting to see how far away from the real Pazienza Miles Teller was, and maybe that's why they spaced it out that much. But, I mean, they've done that with the last three based on true movies, based on true event movies that I've seen. Two of them with you, I think. Well, uh, Hatsaw Ridge, Hatsaw had, Ridge the stuff. had the live and at least footage, that's and Sully right had after. the live footage, too. Yeah, but at least that's right after, so I know to stay. Oh, I, yeah, I don't know if you would have known to stay or not. I, mean, I don't know if it makes any difference in the movie. The idea that they didn't go with the crawl, though, explaining how, like, you would think the way the movie ends that that's his last fight. Mm-hmm. But he's got 20 more fights. <laughs> he really has 20 more fights after that. And if they just, like, put his record up there, mm-hmm. you know, that would have been something, at least. I don't know. I would I would have preferred that. I, I was a ki- I kept expecting it. I kept expecting to see, you know, this is what happened to that guy. Does this kick off doing more boxer biopics? <laughs> Do they need more boxer biopics? I, mean, I don't know. I mean, are there great stories to be told? Yeah. Because I was thinking at some point we're going to get the true story of some MMA fighter. Well, they tried. didn't they try an MMA movie and just didn't go over that well? It, it, there, there have been two of varying success. Uh, and I know they're trying to make a pro wrestling movie about Chris Benoit, the guy who... Uh, went crazy from uh, concussions and killed his wife and son. They've been trying to make that movie for mm. a while. Lev, or Leif Schreider supposedly running stars. Chris Benoit, and he looks a lot like Chris Benoit. Getting a little long in the tooth to be playing a professional wrestler. He is. Where That's one of those uh, they got to hurry up and do it. I mean, he's no Mickey Rourke. Another comeback, maybe? Uh, yeah, wrestling, though. <laughs> that was good. It's probably the best pro wrestling movie ever. I don't think that ever. they needs to be another pro wrestling movie, though. I, know, I mean, I'm just saying... It's fine that it exists. I just don't think they're going to make a whole lot of money with it. But I guess these athletes, you know, a lot of them have had interesting lives. But is it enough to hold an audience's attention for two hours? Because a lot during this movie, I thought this is fine, but I'd rather watch a thirty for thirty documentary on this. Yeah, that might be true. I mean, Lou Duva. They there was a movie in production in back in like early two two tens. In the early tens, uh, and it just never got made, or if it did get made, it wasn't. It's not mm-hmm. out there for consumption. But he's got a really interesting life. I mean, just I mean, he was a a truck driver and a, a bouncer, and he put together this stable of fighters that rivals. I mean, you know, through the eighties, he was the he was 
up there with Don King. Mm -hmm. And he did crazy crap, like go after a fighter when his fighter was down. He always stuck up for his fighters. He he wasn't portrayed as evilly as he was in this. I mean, as far as I know, people really admire and revere him and and respect him. And he said it like it was. He he had a wife who um, had multiple sclerosis or something. She was dying the whole time that he was bringing up all these fighters, you know. And uh, he he was in the WWE for a while. Really? Lou Duva, yeah, he was a manager with huh? some. I think Roddy Piper. I think he was a manager oh, for okay, Roddy yeah. Roddy Piper. So, and that's when the WWE became famous. I think he's related to Captain Lou Albano. Oh, okay, yeah, he, he probably managed Piper then around WrestleMania two when he had the botsing match against Mr. T. Yeah, yeah, probably right. You're probably right. That was around that time. Right. So, yeah, he's got an interesting story. Roddy Piper's got an interesting story. I'd like to see him. If you're going to watch a wrestling movie. Oh, yeah. I mean, there, there are certain guys. I, I just, I mean, I think pro wrestling, boxing, and now MMA, like, there are some interesting characters in all of those sports. Would a movie about Mr. T star Mr. T? Not anymore. I don't know, man. Black don't crack. Well, he still yeah. looks like Mr. T. <laughs> Fair. Fair enough. Black don't crack. <laughs> all right. So, uh,. Next week, do we know what we're doing? Oh, we got a We Laugh coming out, don't we? we? Yeah, we have a We, we got a We Laugh for Thanksgiving. We got to put these out early. I mean, you, got, you guys might be listening to this while you're eating your turkey dinners. So if April showers bring May flowers, what, what do May flowers bring? Pilgrims. <laughs> exactly. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Uh, one of the producers for Bleed for this was uh, Martin Scorsese. And he did the best boxing movie of all time, which I assume you have not seen i still haven't seen raging Bull. <laughs> that's insane that's insane that you haven't seen that movie in the last year i just haven't made time for it. I'll, I'll tell you the truth uh okay raging bull is not a comeback movie it's a fall down movie but i would argue that the best boxing movies aren't comeback movies at all like the fighter uh raging bull rocky. the first rocky yeah that's a coming up story creed it, creed too he was already sort of established as a fighter he doesn't have to come back from any well yeah, he does suffer a loss. Though. I don't want to spoil that movie. I think something happens to him. But anyway, um, in the movie Raging Bull, uh, he says at the end of the movie, and you don't, I'm it's not worried. Right. Okay. Well, he's a club performer now, Jake LaMotta. And he goes, though I'm no Olivier, I would much rather, uh, and though I'm no Olivier, if, if he fought Sugar Ray, he would say, that the, the thing ain't the ring, it's the play. So give me a, give me a stage where this here bull can rage. And though I could fight, I'd much rather recite. That's entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> so for Mr. Uh, bull over there. It's been a pleasure. I'm the uh, L-Train, Fox A of everybody. There be dragons. Are you going to the movies this weekend? Let Laugh know what you saw. Send in your review by emailing the show at thelaughpodcast at gmail.com, tweeting at the Laugh Podcast, or messaging us on facebook.com backslash the Laugh Podcast. The best comments will get read on a future show. Save that, huh? What is the hierarchy of...
that area. Like you got Three Mile Island, Rhode Island, New York, Jersey. Well, Three Mile Island is not a state. <laughs> so. Yeah, but it's a, but it's an area. Like I mean, it's like a really small. It's it's like Hayes in mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania. It's not even yeah, a, yeah, but but there's a whole. <laughs> it's not an entire state. I know, but there, isn't there a hierarchy? Like you say, you're from Three Mile Island. Like it's something. <laughs> like if he says they're from Three Mile Island, you know people from Three Mile Island? No, just that one guy. With, there aren't many people. Just that one guy that glows. But it's like a like you can say you're from New York, but it's also different if you're from Martha's Vineyard, right? Isn't that a little island thing? Well, yes, but like it's special. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so I mean, than... but but where you come from really matters. Like, don't New York people look down their nose at Jersey? There's a, uh, yeah, there's there's a rivalry between the two states. Where's, the uh, denizens of the two states. Where's Rhode Island fit in there? Rhode Island is tied to Boston, There's a, or uh, Massachusetts. Ma- Rhode Island is to Massachusetts what New Jersey is to New York. Okay, and they were from Rhode Island. Right. But they were trying to add, like, New Yorkers kind of slick. Oh, well... Like the dads yeah, definitely do it, accent. but he's definitely uh, doing a Robert De Niro impersonation. Yeah, I didn't at the like press the press conference at, all. at the beginning. Yeah, I didn't like the beginning. <laughs> I didn't like much of the show. We're not even into the show, are we? No, I was trying to give you material for outtakes, but you're giving me nothing here. <laughs> I am giving me nothing. I thought that was pretty good. Right. I was giving you a lot of stuff. <laughs>